1: This
2: is Fantasy Football today from CBS Sports. On
1: his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did. was a spectacular
3: play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
4: What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it again! Now
2: here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Beck.
0: Hey, did you know that six of the top 12 wide receivers in PPR last year, six of the top 12, We're drafted in round four or later. Did you know that? Can you name them? Anyone? Can you name them? Half of the top 12, round four or later, according to FantasyFootballCalculator.com. Justin Jefferson. Ding. Stephon Diggs. Ding. Calvin Ridley. Ding.
3: A.J. Brown.
1: Oh, that's the wrong thing. Mm. (laughs) Points points per game or total points? Total points. AJ Uh, He wasn't top 12 in total points. I was looking at points per game. Tyler Lockett? You were looking at a list?
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's
0: such cheating. Dig on Lockett. So we got one left? Uh Metcalf? Oh, no, we have two left. Metcalf, yes. One more. So far, you have Lockett, Metcalf, Ridley. There were three round four picks. Jefferson was like round eight or something.
1: And Diggs was round six. One okay. More. Here's a question. Uh-huh. There is a tie for 12th place.
2: You're looking at the list now too. I win. Yes, uh, yes
1: that's fine. Yes, we are. <laughs> okay, Robert Woods. No, the other guy. Robert Woods was a top 4 round pick last year? Oh, you
0: know what? If we're counting him then then yeah, then actually 7 of the top 13 there technically, but the other guy who's tied with him. Keenan Allen. Yes, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen wasn't a top what? No, he was not. Remember, people were pretty low on him. He was Rod
3: Taylor was a starting quarterback
0: going into the yeah, year. Yeah, he was right. 54th in ADP in PPR. He was wide receiver 23. Uh, he went after such bums as A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Terry McLaurin. That was a pretty good round. How about, how about round four? Uh, <laughs> Juju, oops, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, D.J. Chark, Tyler Lockett, then into round five: Lockett, McLaurin, Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Cortland Sutton, Marquise Brown, and that's what I'm afraid of this year. That the round four and five guys, half of them are going to be studs, some of them are just going to be awful, and it could make or break your draft. So I, well,
1: yeah, I, I've done some research on this, looking Ooh, at past right, ADP right. over the last five seasons, and of the top twelve wide receivers in ADP over the last five seasons uh, at the position. Uh, 29 out of 60 finished as top 12 wide receivers that season, 36 out of 60 finished as top 24. So, you know, I think you could fairly say that about 60% of wide receivers drafted among the top 12 will be hits, I guess. Cause I think outside of the top 24, you, you start to get into oh, that was disappointing territory. Yeah. Um, and the fourth and fifth round, uh, Let me see. Oh, no. I can't find it. Somebody's filled some space. I wonder what the trends are like because
0: running backs have been pushed up, so the fourth and fifth round
1: has been so great for wide receivers. But go ahead. So fourth and fifth rounds over the last five years, 49 wide receivers have been drafted between the fourth and fifth round on average. 17 out of the 49 finished as top 12 wide receivers. 28 of 49 finished as top 24. So, again, in that range, you're looking at right around 60% top 24 wide receivers, um, which, you know, sounds a little disappointing until you compare it to running backs, where you know, last you know, just over half finished as top twenty-four running backs in that same rounds like, fourth, four and five
0: round range. Yeah, that's good stuff.
1: Um, okay. And so I guess
0: the question is one of my first questions here is we look at wide receiver tiers, how late can you go into your wide receiver tiers and or rankings? to find someone that you think still has top 12 potential? Or I guess, when does that end? You know, When are you out of players that have top 12 potential in your mind?
3: I think you can go a while, to be honest yeah. with you. I, I think I can look at my top 25 receivers that I've ranked, and I think I can make a case for every single one of them to finish top 12. Some how of them many? I might look at and Sorry, say, okay, how many Chase Claypool, the best you can do is like yeah. 12.
0: What, what did you say, though? If you can go how deep? 25 25 okay
3: I, I, and I was just looking at my top 25 receivers i can go past them and, and there might be a couple other ones after 25th overall that i could say yeah maybe in full ppr can you make the case for brandon cooks i know it doesn't seem like you can but if he's going to get a ton of targets in houston oh maybe, maybe he can cross that barrier into the 12th spot
1: yeah. four or five I, other times in his career yeah wow. i think jerry judy has top 12 but yeah i don't think it's particularly realistic but i could probably go down to judy's 37 for me i Does think Odell that's Beckham probably adult? i don't think uh, so do you yes no. but if but you know it's probably a uh, probably a better chance than judy i guess but let's, i don't know let's do that.
0: this with uh there, you're not allowed to say if someone gets hurt because I, be, I guess if Landry got hurt and Beckham stayed healthy, maybe. But, um, yeah, assuming health for everyone, Cooks is yeah, Cooks is in the mid thirties in the rankings. I, T. Higgins is about thirtieth. Do you think he has top twelve upside?
4: Sure. No.
1: Yeah, if I mean, like if, if we the don't, Bengals throw six hundred and twenty times, he definitely right. has top twelve potential.
2: And he could like I'm presuming Chase is going to be the team's number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But that's not guaranteed. Like that's that's a, a a guess at best. He's not played in the NFL yet.
3: So then the 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 path for Higgins to be top twelve is he's the number one receiver. Chase, who is considered among the most NFL ready receiver prospects over the last five years, isn't ready to be an alpha receiver, Tyler
1: Boyd becomes nothing. No, he doesn't have to be nothing. No, no. Oh, I mean, if yeah, but to be a top 12
0: receiver, you've got to
3: be
1: really good, especially in but you PTR. have to get into like the 140 target range to, I mean, yeah. you can do it if you have lower, but you need to be extremely efficient. So like realistically, if he gets to like 135-140 targets, that probably gets him in the discussion and you know, at a 620 tar- uh, pass attempt pace, that's target share, if I'm doing the math in my head correct, which is high. It's more than 20%.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. but what if I said this? What if I said, all right, if you're going to be on a team that has a lot of target competition, like the Bengals, you need 10
1: touchdowns or more. Then we're talking. Yeah. You probably need 10 touchdowns, you know, kind of either way. Among the top 12 Mm -hmm. last season. No. Not in PPR, I mean... Six out of the 12 did it. Yeah, so, that's I not mean, much.
0: You, you know, in non-PPR, maybe more so, but Diggs had eight, Hopkins had six, Ridley nine, uh, Jefferson seven, Allen Robinson six. So you didn't yeah, necessarily you, you, you need... You to. needed 88 catches or 10 touchdowns. Yeah. That's right. just 88, huh?
3: Hopkins had only six touchdowns. He had 115 receptions. Yeah. More Jefferson makes was the four. guy
2: is 88 and seven. Um, everybody else that didn't have 10 touchdowns had at least 90 catches.
0: But everybody else that didn't have 10 touchdowns, did they have serious competition for targets? Diggs, no. Hopkins, no. Ridley, no, because Julio missed so much time. Jefferson, Jefferson not really. Um, because Thielen I mean, had... Uh, no, <laughs> Thielen, no. Jefferson, yes. Thielen had 108 targets and Jefferson had 125. Allen Robinson, no. Uh, Tyrico had 15 touchdowns. So I, I was just talking about if you don't score 10 touchdowns, how do you get to be a top 12 wide receiver? It's probably with a lot of catches and a lot of targets. Yeah. I guess that was the point I was making. Sure. So yeah. there, therefore, I would say Higgins probably needs 10 touchdowns. That's my roundabout way.
1: Of, sure. That's a, and it's I asking it. a lot. But, and it's asking you know, a lot. Right. I, I think there are probably 25 to 30 wide receivers who you could realistically see not having to do like a ton of juggling to get them in the top 12 conversation. Oh, it's, it's
0: a deep position. That's that's the point. Um, also, you hear me talk about 10 touchdowns. Maybe that's 11 this year. Obviously, I'm kind of basing everything on 16 games. Maybe everything needs to be pushed up just a little bit. Maybe it's 10 and a half touchdowns in some way. All right, we'll get into the tiers in a second. We have a couple of interesting news items. We have something that's the most interesting thing we're going to talk about. It's our draftathon, our fourth annual draftathon. thon It's supporting St. Jude. It will be on September 1st. Last year, we auctioned off fantasy football experiences. We had Zoom calls with our experts. We had conversations custom smack talk videos, uh, playing in a league with our experts. I announced the first round of a draft. That was fun. Uh, guest appearance on our podcast. If you have any great ideas, what you want to see, we've had some really good ones come in. If you have any ideas of what you want to see auctioned off to benefit St. Jude, leave your ideas either on this YouTube video, youtube.com slash fantasy football today, or you can tweet at us or send us an email at cbsi.com. And please make sure you put something like St. Jude ideas in the subject line, at CBSI.com. That is the letter I. And, um, yeah, that's also the place to send your emails if you just have a general fantasy question that you want answered on the show. But at CBSI.com or leave a comment on this YouTube video if you have any ideas what you would like to see to incentivize donations to St. Jude for our draft-a-thon on September 1st. We can't wait for it, and we can't wait to auction off a lot of good stuff. Some running back news. Matt Nagy wants 20 carries per game for David Montgomery. And Damian Harris, according to Mike Reese of ESPN, is the clear-cut number one running back for the Patriots. Let's start with the Bears news, Heath. Matt Nagy wants 20 carries per game for David Montgomery. What do you think about that?
2: He he also, I think in that same quote, like acknowledged what he was saying. He mm-hmm. wants to be ahead every game. Like You're not going to get 20 carries per game if you're not winning every game. Uh, so I don't think 20 carries is very, uh, likely, but it was good to hear him say that Montgomery is one of his favorite players on the team. He really talked about how important Montgomery is when you can get into the four minute offense because he doesn't go down at first contact and he will fight for the extra yard or two, which is important when you're trying to pick up first downs on the ground. Um, I, I think it's possible that we're all a little bit too low on Montgomery as a low end number two running back that maybe he should be a high-end number two running back. Maybe he should be in that conversation with Akers and Swift and those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tariq Cohen still worries me.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, I think if you asked every coach, is your goal to get your lead running back 20 carries in a game, or ideally would you want to get your lead running back 20 carries a game, I would guess every single coach would say yes. Because that usually means that you're Winning by enough that you don't have to worry about whether you're moving the ball efficiently late in the game. You can just give the guy the guy 20 carries. But uh, he's not going to get 340 carries this season. I feel pretty confident in saying he'll get a lot, though.
0: I did want to bring this up. I didn't get the chance to bring it up yesterday. But if you look at David Montgomery and his yards per catch in two seasons, it's 7.4 and 8.1, that is better than all but one season for Tariq Cohen, who's had technically four years, but really more like three. And that one year where Tariq Cohen had 10.1 yards, 10.2 yards per catch, he had four catches of 35 plus yards, which is ridiculous. Christian McCaffrey has three of those in his entire career. Um, Other than that, he has actually been pretty bad in terms of yards per catch, Tariq Cohen, and Montgomery's been better than the normal Tariq Cohen, I guess. I don't know if that's normal. So Does that matter to you at all that that maybe Montgomery isn't really worse than Tariq Cohen in in that aspect of it?
3: I just think the coaches look at him as the most reliable running back they have. And after Cohen tore his ACL last year, maybe they're going to be a little hesitant to lean on him that much. What I'm worried about is that they think that Damian Williams is going to be able to give them something substantial and not just be a guy who gives David Montgomery a break here and there throughout the game. And the idea of getting David Montgomery 20 carries, Heath nailed it. It's based on them winning every game. They're not going to win every game. There's going to be some games this year where they get blown out. It's not going to be pretty. But I think Montgomery's earned this after how he played last year. So
0: why are you worried about... Mon- so? But does this quote from Matt Nagy, and, and we know it's probably not going to happen, 20 carries a game, does that put your Damian Williams fears to rest?
3: No, because... Coaches talk a ton during the offseason.
0: Okay. All right, Dave, talk a ton about, or or however much you want, about Damian Harris, who we did talk about yesterday, but Mike Reese saying that he is the clear-cut number one running back for the Patriots. Very efficient last year. Very low touchdown rate because Cam Newton kept stealing him. Stealing those goal line touchdowns, but... Um, thoughts on Harris.
3: I mean, that's what does it for me is, is that Harris is a good running back. I agree hundred percent. I've been talking about him for over a year, but how often is he going to be in a position to get a lot of work, to get the type of carries that David Montgomery, uh, in a perfect Chicago world would get, uh, with the Patriots who like to mix and match their running backs. I still think James White has his role. I wouldn't be surprised if another running back has a role that kind of helps Damian Harris out. And then what happens when they're inside the three? Is it really going to be Damian Harris consistently? Or is it going to be Cam Newton? So who's the quarterback going to be? If you're telling me that Mac Jones is the quarterback, I'm a lot more interested in Damian Harris. But I'm really only interested in him in non-PPR and maybe half-PPR formats, less interested in full-PPR formats. There were four games last year where he had at least 15 carries. He gave you 10 or, plus, 10 or more non-PPR points in three of the four. He gave you 10 or more PPR points in each of the four. But he didn't give you 15 PPR points except for one of the four games. So I think he's a non-PPR asset. He could work his way into being a low-end number two running back in that format. But in full PPR, man, he's going to have to score a lot of touchdowns. And I don't see that happening with Cam Newton as his quarterback.
0: Okay. But even that said, he was extremely unlucky. And he had two touchdowns on 137 carries. And uh, that's just wild. that's not
3: unlucky. That's the way the Patriots. No, were built last no, year. because, the because Patriot, like,
0: yeah, that's the, a that's a lot. For, that's, I mean, for that's the most
2: cool. part, though, I think Cam pl- running backs playing with Cam Newton have had well below average touchdown rates.
0: Uh, all right. So Dave mentioned six games with 15 or more ca- or four games with 15 four. or more carries, yeah. six games with 14 or more carries. And in those six games, he had one rushing touchdown. James White had two. Cam Newton hmm. had six. So I just think that they, he was he was unlucky in that that's regard.
1: Patriots do. He no, had that 10 is an green, extreme He had example. ten green zone carries. Uh, so inside of the ten, he had ten uh-huh. green zone carries. Which yeah, that's is, nice. It's a relatively low number for someone who ran the ball as much as he had. I, I think there's like a two two sides of the coin on this one because we all coming into last season thought that Sony Michelle was just dust that he was just an a legitimately bad running back, and he was just as efficient I didn't as think Damian Harris last season. I didn't really think that, but well, I, the consensus. I think the consensus was that Sony Michelle was just not a Dust. very good player. Uh, he was just as efficient as Damian Harris, and I think you kind of get into like they were probably more efficient than they otherwise would have been because of Cam Newton and the threat of his running and the read option element that makes running backs more efficient. But that, you know, being that it's Cam Newton next to them, it also means that their touchdown ceiling is going to be capped. And I think that's probably true if Cam Newton's the, the quarterback again, no matter who's running the ball for the Patriots. And if Mac Jones is the quarterback, I think they're probably not going to be as efficient running the ball. So I, I think you kind of have to take uh, the good with the bad on both sides.
0: All right, well, let's, uh, let's get into the wide receivers now. And to our wide receiver tiers. And what we're going to do is Dave is going to, going to give his tiers. Then Heath will – kind of what we've been doing for the last couple of days. And Chris will also say, oh, I like this guy. And this tier, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. All right, so, Dave, here we go. Your wide receiver tiers, your first round. or Your first tier is, is what, about seven, eight players?
3: Uh, at wide receiver, in PPR, we are looking at seven players.
0: Okay, and define this tier and then tell me who's in it
3: receivers that I'm comfortable taking in rounds one and two, these are receivers that have double-digit touchdown potential and or 100-catch potential. And I'm assuming that if a receiver has 100-catch potential and is listed in this type of a tier, he's going to have a good receiving average to go along with it. Here we go. None of these names are going to surprise anybody. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, Arthur Brown. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, HA Brown. Adams, Hill, Diggs, Ridley, Hopkins, Jefferson, Brown. And, you know, can we should we just say that Adams and Hill are in a separate tier or are they not?
3: Uh there might be a little bit of a groundswell for Stefan Diggs to to crack that and make it a, a group of three. But I would imagine that in some form or fashion, those three receivers will be the first three receivers off the board in every single draft you encounter this year.
2: Okay, Heath. Uh, yeah, I mean, they wouldn't be if I was drafting and the first two are gone because I would take Hopkins over Diggs. But I, I have four in full PPR. Um, I would put four in that first tier and it would be Adams, Hill, Hopkins and Diggs. In non-PPR, I would put, I think, all the guys that Dave said in in the tier and Brown and Ridley would jump over Hopkins and Diggs. So, um, yeah, I, I think the catches are are such a big difference for three of those guys. I don't really know that we're going to see A.J. Brown or Justin Jefferson approach the 110 catch mark like I think Hopkins and Adams and Diggs all can and nobody's Tyreek Hill or has been yet in terms of efficiency with that much
0: volume. Okay, Chris, any disagreements here? For David, it was Adams, Hill, Diggs, Ridley, Hopkins, Jefferson, Brown. For Heath, his first year is only Adams, Hill, Diggs, and Hopkins. Or Hopkins and Diggs.
1: I think I'm probably more on uh Heath side and that I do think there is a, a little bit of a drop off after the top four. Um, I also put Michael Thomas in that tier. That's not a surprise to anybody who's been listening. Um, I'm very high on him, but uh, I do think, you know, once you get past that, you know, for me, it's first five for Heath. It's first four. I do think there's a little bit of a drop off, um, but not a significant one. And it like,
2: at some point, if I have to project the Saints with Jameis Winston as a starting quarterback, then Michael Thomas will be in that tier for me as well.
0: In the top five tier or in the top seven, eight tier? In the
2: top, he would be fifth in full PPR. If, or yeah, I don't know, I mean, he might even move ahead of Diggs, but he would definitely be top five if Jameis won the job convincingly. Okay. I'm a am li- I'm, I'm getting just a little bit worried that it's going to be like a two quarterback system to begin the year,
1: which would be awful. <laughs> it would be it would really, so really, really bad for for fantasy. <laughs> um, if if only because pr- predictability right. matter is so valuable. E- like I would rather have Taysom Hill knowing that Michael Thomas's ceiling would be lower with him than Jameis rather than having them both. Because then I have no idea what it would look
0: like. Mm, I'll,
1: I'll be very glad that I don't do projections
0: if they go with the two quarterbacks.
3: <laughs> can I can I mention one thing about that? Because I I, I actually did this research today on Michael Thomas. His, and this is just a yards per catch stat, so very basic. I, I didn't get too in-depth with it. But with Taysom Hill, he had an 81% catch rate. We've talked about that before. This is last year. 11.4 yards per catch in very few targets from Jameis. He only caught one out of five targets from Jameis. Say what you will about Jameis when you see hear that stat. Uh, 12 yards per catch. Bridgewater in 2019, 62 targets, 49 catches. That's a 79% catch rate. 12.2 yards per catch. So his career yards per catch rate, and this is with Breeze included in there, anywhere from 11 to a little more than 12 yards per catch, which is the same neighborhood that he was in with Bridgewater in 19, with Hill in 2020, with the one catch he caught from Jameis. So I don't know if that's... I, I'm, I wonder if we're overblowing this here. The accuracy of the passes that he gets, I'm worried about that. But what he does with the football after the catch, I bet it ends up being right in line with... What he's done over the course of his career?
1: Yeah, it's just volume,
2: for sure. Yeah, I didn't really downgrade his efficiency all that much. It's just that if Taysom Hill's the quarterback, I assume they're going to run the ball ten percent more than they will if Jameis Winston's the quarterback. And the yeah, touchdown, it's like
1: a thirty-target difference probably over the course of a season, maybe you know,
0: more. Yeah, and you'll probably you might get some some of those rushing touchdowns that would ordinarily be thrown, but passing touchdowns if Hill's in there, uh, you know, so that's probably a factor too, right? Would you project him for fewer touchdowns with Hill than Winston?
3: Yeah, I think that's fair because he's been a red zone touchdown magnet his entire career. Seventy five percent of his touchdowns have been in the red zone.
0: Well, if you just like, I don't, I do
2: it on percentages. If you say he's going to have a four and a half percent touchdown rate, and it's four and a half percent of one hundred and sixty targets, or four and a half percent of one hundred and eighty targets, he's going to have more touchdowns with one hundred and eighty targets.
1: Yeah, I've projected both for Thomas with Winston. It's one hundred twenty one catches, fourteen hundred yards, nine touchdowns. For Hill, it's a 107 catches, 1240 yards, seven touchdowns. So, a not insignificant difference. But Heath, projections
0: question, then we'll move on. You know, you say I do it on a percentage basis. You give him a 4.5% touchdown rate, 160 versus 180 targets. But do you also say, well, Jameis is going to throw more touchdowns than Taysom Hill?
2: Yes, I would expect Jameis to throw more touchdowns and than Mill. Smith. I that adjust in. that after the fact?
0: Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. So I don't think whether however you want to tier the first group. I don't think there's any disputing. Adams, Hill, Diggs, Ridley, Hopkins, Jefferson, and AJ Brown is he definitely a second round pick? He is for Dave. Is he a second round pick in PPR for for Heath and Chris?
1: He's right there.
0: Yeah. Um. And in like I I
2: would. We, I don't think we're, we're doing a tier show. Let's just talk about the next tier. Right? Okay. Like the order and like who would be in that five through seven, I think we would debate, but it doesn't, it's not.
3: You're, you're not going to freak out if you see him go at the end of round two, right? No. no. no.
0: Right, right. Okay. So then Dave's second tier, to me, average draft position or draft trends that I've seen kind of cuts it in half. But Dave's second tier, go ahead, Dave.
3: I think all these guys are worthy of a round three pick. We've got Metcalf, Keenan Allen. Terry McLaurin, Robert Woods, Allen Robinson, this is where I have Michael Thomas, followed by Amari Cooper and Julio Jones. Eight names in round three.
2: So, yeah, I've got Ridley, Brown, um, Jefferson, and Metcalf in the second tier, along with Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin. So I guess Woods and Amari Cooper are the two guys who don't make it into
3: this tier for me. Is Julio in this tier for you? Did you say Julio?
0: No. Right. Those were the three that jumped out to me. Um, Tom, you know, not Thomas. I would say Thomas could actually be higher, depending on who you, you know, Chris would say that. But Robinson, Cooper, no, Woods, Cooper, and Julio Jones. I was surprised, Dave, that you put them in the same tier as Metcalf, Allen, McLaurin, Michael Thomas, and then Allen Robinson. I, is kind of like in the middle to me, but, you know, and just to be based on based on where I see him go in drafts, he's after Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, uh, in NFC ADP. Mm-hmm. But um, and the, and just the general enthusiasm and do these guys like who has a chance to be the number one wide receiver in fantasy? I think you know, I don't think you can really make that case for Robinson. <laughs> Oh, are you kidding me? Absolutely not. He's got three seasons as a top 10 wide receiver with yeah. arguably
2: the worst quarterback play in the history of a receiver's it, career. It ain't getting Justin, any better. If Justin Fields comes in and is as accurate as a passer as he was in college, Allen Robinson could absolutely no. be a 15, 1600 yard wide receiver with 12 to 15 mm, touchdowns.
1: I do. That's, so enth- that's so enthusiastic and optimistic. I think he could be, but. I, I think there's kind of a double-edged sword here with, with the Bears quarterbacks as well because, like, Andy Dalton's going to be the starter. You know, he... So, if if Andy Dalton play, I mean, also they might the best be like The Allen Robbins ever played But that's... With. He, he, I don't no. think there's that much of a difference between him and, and Trubisky. Trubisky and Foles yeah. at this point. Based on what we saw last He's year, not not his private finals, based anymore. on what we saw the year before, like, Dalton has played pretty poorly the last couple of seasons.
2: I mean, I think Trubisky has, like, a, an... A, Asset to your football team because of his running and stuff, I could understand that. But like as a passer, I don't think Trubisky's very close. To, but maybe I'm wrong.
0: Uh, all right, you know what? Look, Keenan Allen's probably not going to be wide receiver one, and Terry McLaurin's probably not going to be wide nah. receiver one. So that's probably not the really the best measure for this group. Like
2: I think the Keenan Allen thing as well. Like if you look at Keenan Allen's healthy games with Justin Herbert last year, if he just does that again, he is wide receiver one. Uh,
0: I don't
3: no, think he's wide he receiver one if he does that again next well, this year. He,
0: no, he, was, his he was not wide receiver one. He wasn't, was even cl- wasn't even close to Devontae I, Adams. Right, right. Like, you need well, 20 PPR points Adams you're going, going to be, to be the, the number last year. Receiver. Uh, No, I agree with what, that. Projecting Devontae Adams to repeat last year. Okay. Uh, all right. You know what? Fine. I'm sorry I brought that up. Here, let's take a closer look at this <laughs> tier. And Dave, tell me why you have Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, and Julio Jones in the same tier as Metcalf, Allen, McLaurin, Robinson, and Thomas.
3: Well, again, this is probably a situation where it might be easier to break up the tier. I just don't like having tiers where it's like, I'll take these guys in the first half of round three, and then I'll take these guys in the back half of round three. I try and avoid that. I think Metcalf, Allen, and McLaurin are head and shoulders about the rest of this group. That's why I have it ranked that and way. Tier them. <laughs> but I, don't, I, I, I think that Robert Woods is worthy of a third-round pick as well. I think Robinson is as well. All the other guys that I said, they're worthy of a third. It might be a late third. Whereas the other three guys might be an early third. I just like putting all the guys that I would have a third round expectation for in the same tier. Woods is getting a fantastic quarterback. It's a huge upgrade for L.A. We've already seen him get a ton of targets in that offense. I think he's a do-it-all receiver. I think he could have a career year, actually, and have Mm -hmm. the best year of his career. Uh, That's what that would mean. What the hell am I saying? Amari Cooper, we've already <laughs> seen his connection with Dak Prescott well over 15 PPR points per game. Uh, his sex rate, his success rate, <laughs> hey now with <laughs> oh, that is almost 60%. That's wow, pretty good for such chemistry with a those
0: point. two, I'll tell you.
3: And then Julio Jones, uh, I, I think he's Julio Jones. He, he's he's great. His target share is gonna go down in Tennessee, but I think his efficiency could be a little bit better, and he might be a little bit better in the red zone.
1: I mean, Julio Jones is one of the most efficient wide receivers of all time. Now, I think it could he's be even better. Who's been one of the, if not the most efficient quarterback in the NFL since he got to Tennessee. So, you know, mm-hmm. I have both Jones and Brown as top fifteen wide receivers.
0: Uh, all right, Dave, though, has he said Metcalf, Metcalf, Allen, and McLaurin are clearly ahead of the rest, um, and I, I think Chris would obviously put Michael Thomas clearly ahead of them and Heath. I have I have Robert Woods ahead of them too. Oh wow! You have Robert Woods out of Metcalf, Allen, and McLaurin. Spicy.
1: Yep. Yeah, I just think that offense is going to be really, really good with Stafford. I think it's going to what the the way they used Robert Woods the last couple of seasons, but adding on a little more downfield work is going to make uh, you know I think I mean he was number nine last season, I believe. So it's it's Uh, thirteen. 13 yeah okay so it's not asking too much um and I, I think the one thing that gets overlooked with him is that role in the running game
0: but he was 18th, he was 18th him.
1: per game I want to point that out
0: and okay. he's been 14th through 18th per game three straight seasons in PPR
1: right I I, I think he's going to be better than that because of Stafford. Uh, because of the upgrade at quarterback because of what I imagine will be a more aggressive downfield role than he's had he's a great playmaker with the ball in his hands. We've seen that in the running game and in the short area passing game. He's still going to have that. Uh but with you know the the A dot moving from I think it was in like the 6 range last season to maybe 8, I think that's just going to make him a, a much better player.
3: I also think defenses are going to play the Rams completely differently than what they've done in the past because of what they've got at quarterback now. Defenses are going to respect the hell out of Matthew Stafford and no one's drafting Deshaun Jackson for fantasy outside of best ball but he's going to scare defenses too with his speed so i i think you're going to see robert and then maybe Woods. somebody else
2: will after week one
3: <laughs> maybe it's tutu atwell <laughs> who who does right. that uh, i i think that there's going to be plenty of room for jones to improve his efficiency as well he's been right around 15 ppr points per game each of the last three years and that's with golf
0: trying to keep this as a as a tiers discussion <laughs> All right, so tell me, because it's hard. It's, it's So actually, we're, we're t- talking about shoes without Hold talking on. about the players. No, um, I want to speak maybe a little bit more generally about the players, especially at wide receiver, just because there are so many. But looking at tier three for Dave is Metcalf, Allen, McLaurin, Woods, Robinson, Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, Julio Jones.
3: For the record, this is my second
0: tier, not my third yeah, tier. Yeah, it was tier two. Oh, sorry, it's round three. It's okay, round three. Eight, yeah, okay, and then round four, his third tier Godwin, Lamb, Lockett, Evans, Cup, and more. What is it about, you know, Woods, Cooper, Jones, Robinson that separates them from Godwin, Lamb, Lockett, Evans, Cup, and more?
3: So I think the majority of the receivers that I have in the third tier, I feel like their ceiling is going to be right around 15 PPR points per game. And I think the ones in the tier above can exceed that. It's really what it comes down to. Some of the receivers in, in the third tier could end up with 140 targets. Some of them, I think, might have to be more efficient, score a lot of touchdowns. I think that's absolutely the case for someone like Mike Evans. Um, And, and for DJ Moore, I think the targets are going to have to be higher than 140. I think he's got to be in that 150 with Gus up to 155 and <laughs> 160 and just load up on receptions. And and again, for PPR, this is where he is. He wouldn't be in this tier in non-PPR.
0: Okay, so again, this this fourth third tier for Dave round four is Godwin, Lamb, Lockett, Evans, Cup, DJ Moore, Heath. What are your thoughts there?
2: Um, I also have Lockett, Cup, and DJ Moore in my third tier. The only other two wide receivers in that tier are two guys that were in Dave's earlier: um, Robert Woods and Julio Jones. So I, I'd go Lockett, Woods, Jones, Cup, and Moore and like there's there's now two wide receivers that have been in Dave's top 2 tiers I think that I don't have in the or top 3 tiers and it's Lamb and Cooper
4: mm-hmm. and
2: i i guess that's probably because i have more targets for Michael Gallup or it's it one thing about it and it's kind of the same thing with the buccaneers i think when you come at it from the projections angle and you start cutting that pie up on an offense like this that has too many targets, you don't know which one of them is going to get hurt and miss four weeks and make the other guys hit their mark. But it's like they can't all hit what you would like for the expectations to be for them. So that makes you a little bit lower, for me at least, on Cooper, Lamb, Godwin, Evans, all those kind of guys.
0: Mm, It's interesting. All right, Chris, your thoughts here? We we do have the Cowboys and the Bucs wide receivers and the Rams wide receivers coming off the board?
1: I do view Cooper and Lamb in this range. I'm actually a little lower on the Buccaneers receivers just because I do think there's even more competition for targets um, outside of just the the top two wide receivers in Tampa. I think Antonio Brown, based on what we saw, could be, I mean, he could be a a one C in that offense based on what we saw yeah. over the second half of the season.
3: He had almost uh, eight targets per game, didn't he? Yeah, he had, no, he, he was even targets per game.
1: And if you include the playoffs, you know, that, that Mike Evans, you know, didn't actually have like a super great playoffs. I think he averaged like 50 yards per game. Um, so I just, I kind of am avoiding that group of wide receivers, Evans and Godwin in particular. Um, other than that, I think Deontay Johnson is one name who I would argue might be missing from this group. Um, but you know, that could just come down to a difference in whether you think he's going to clearly be the number one option in Pittsburgh, like I do, or if you think like Tampa, like Dallas, it could be more of a, uh, top three situation. So Dave, then make the case for the bucks or Cowboys or
0: both wide receivers. Why we shouldn't be too worried about how we slice the pie up, why they just are worthy of round three or four picks.
3: Because you're you're taking pieces of offenses that figure to throw the ball quite a bit and record a lot of receiving touchdowns. And especially in the case of Dallas, I don't know if we can really look at Gallup as a, as a touchdown hog. Same thing with Blake Jarwin. Uh, the, the contenders here, as far as touchdowns go for Cooper and Lamb, it's Zeke and it's Dak doing what they do on the ground. I think that matters quite a bit. But I think there's enough passing volume to go around for both of these guys to be in, well, for Cooper to be higher than 15 PPR points per game, but for Lamb to get to 15 PPR points per game. Whereas in Tampa Bay, uh, I, I think the best that you can get at receiver there is going to be Godwin in PPR. Uh, I love the fact that there were seven games that he was healthy for when Brady went off, 25 or more fantasy points. And he he had at least 15 PPR points in six of them, and he had 13 PPR points in each of them. So he's part of the recipe for Tom Brady, or at least last year this is how it worked out. He was part of the recipe for Brady having a monster game. He was more consistent with that than any other pass catcher uh, in Tampa Bay. I could see him staying right around the seven targets per game that he had, and I'd like to think that he can get a little bit more involved in the red zone, but it, to me it just comes down to getting a receiver who won't be double-covered, won't necessarily be a downfield threat, will get a fair volume of targets and come through for a, a good amount of PPR points per week where you can reliably start them. That's Godwin.
0: I'm so damn stressed about this group of wide receivers because last year I knew I, how much I loved the sophomore wide receivers and those were the guys I wanted to target here. But this year, I just think they're really tough decisions. Great players in, in these timeshare situations or a guy like DJ Moore, who might be an elite player, but he just can't get on an offense that throws a lot of touchdowns. So I want to ask you guys, after Metcalf, Allen, and McLaurin are off the board, and I'm going to say Allen Robinson, too, since he's the next one. He's only a few picks behind them. Who are the players that you continually target in rounds, mostly four, maybe late three, but mostly round four and into round five?
3: I'll go first. Uh, I'll say Woods is one that I'm targeting. Cooper is one that I'm happy to draft. And then... Lockett is the one that I keep going back and forth with because we all know that his his end-of-season numbers are great, but it's just such a roller coaster where one week it's 35 points and the next week it's 8 points. And some people might have a hard time dealing with that if, if he's your number two receiver.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so you said Woods, Cooper. Woods and Cooper would be at the top of the list for okay. me. Uh, Chris, oh, sorry, Heath. Go ahead.
3: Uh, Lockett, Woods, and Cup.
1: Chris? Woods Cup. Julio Jones is part of this group, right? Yeah. Julio Jones. um, Yeah. Woods Cup Jones is probably the three for me.
3: And you'd have to add Michael Thomas in there for you, too.
1: He's already been. Right. I'm I'm, I'm taking him at the end of the second or early
0: third. Yeah, he's 30th in ADP. He's wide receiver nine. Um, Okay. But that's NFC since June 1st, is what I've been using. I, okay, this is an obvious question. I'm going to ask it anyway for Heath and Chris. You both said Cup and Woods. You just don't see them having that number three guy like Dallas and Tampa Bay. That's the difference. I mean, who would it be? Yeah, Some would say no, it would be Higby. I, well, I would say that unlike Tampa Bay, they seem very committed to Cam Akers. I don't know what kind of run game the Bucks are going to have. And I don't think Matthew Stafford's going to put up numbers that are that are resembling Tom Brady's. So
1: right, th- there is the that. The Bucks don't just have a number three guy; they have Rob Gronkowski, who was a top ten tight end. Who do you last like year. better, Higby or Gronk? Oh, Gronk. Really? Okay, because I think um, a lot of people are taking Higby. Yeah,
2: I, I, I mean, I like Howard better than Gronk, but um, it, it's not just that. Even like they've also gonna, they're going to throw twenty to twenty five percent of their passes to running backs. Yeah, because that's what Tom Brady always does. Like okay. it, it's it's not. I don't think the Rams situation. I, I'm not even sure the Cowboys situation is completely comparable to Tampa Bay's. I don't think the Rams is particularly close. I, I view the Rams more like Seattle.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, Cup is so interesting to me because one thing that you could really bank on until last year was touchdowns. Whereas Robert Woods, in his last four seasons. He's had one year with more than four green zone targets, four targets inside the 10 yard line. He's had four, eight, four and three or something like that. That's terrible. And he hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns. Cup on the other hand was Goff's guy. So what if that goes away? You know, we don't know what the patterns are going to be with Matthew Stafford. Um, I,
1: I think it's as much about the, the usage, the way the the Rams passing offense worked last season was why cups, uh, touchdowns were down so much. He, went from an 8.48 yard, a dot in 2018, 7.2 in 2019, yep. 6.0 in 2020. Everybody it's really, went like really that. hard to score touchdowns when you have to do all of the work, which is, you know, that's partially why Robert Woods touchdown rate is relatively low as well, because he's often been used in this offense as, um, you know, more of a playmaker with the ball in his hands. But cup, I mean, one, it's, he's been a really good touchdown guy in 2 out of his 4 seasons that probably just tells me that he's a a wide receiver who is going to fluctuate from year to year but i'll definitely take the over on 3 touchdowns heck set it yeah at four, no i I'll know that but he's um, well yeah go on i i don't i don't
2: think he needs like if he gets the touchdowns as well then he's a top 10 wide receiver i would yeah. say over the last three seasons, his sixteen game pace is ninety three catches for eleven hundred and eight yards. So that's that's a number two wide receiver with bad touchdown luck, where he's being drafted, and the touchdowns are all gravy from there. Yeah, it's the yard. We've
3: also this is the point I just want to add on that the A dot for Cup declined each of the last three seasons. It did for Woods as well. Yeah, and the average depth of of throw for Jared Goff also shrunk over the last years. It was four point nine yards per throw last year. Think about that. He didn't even average five yards per throw. Yikes. Yeah, so I, I think that this is where efficiency can kick in. My favorite stat about Cup is an easy one. He was 11th in targets per game last year.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's take a break on fantasy football today. Speaking of ADOTs, we haven't gotten to the Steelers wide receivers yet. We did talk a little bit about Deontay Johnson, but he is first up in Dave's next tier. So when we come back, we will talk about uh, Pittsburgh and many, many more. Still a lot of great wide receivers on the board. Uh, we'll be
4: right back.
1: Back
0: here on Fantasy Football today, and here we go. Dave, your next tier, your round five tier, which is tier four for you, is Deontay. Seven seven names. Oh, you want to go through uh, the names? Yeah, or? sure. Whatever. Go Deontay ahead. Johnson, Adam Thielen, Jamar Chase, Chase Claypool. Oh, like before and after Wheel of Fortune. Jamar Chase, 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 Chase. Claypool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, Kenny Galladay. And Juju Smith-Schuster, three Steelers, three Steelers in the same tier. That's great. All right. Uh, I don't know if it's great. Describe this tier to me. These are receivers
3: that have either got the potential to be top fifteen to top twelve types, or they've demonstrated in the past that they've been top twelve types and should have volume uh, to make them at least top twenty receivers this year. Uh, that's certainly the case for Johnson. I think Thielen we can say that for. If Chase is the number one receiver, I think we can say it for him. Uh, Ayuk things kind of have to go right. His efficiency is going to have to spike in order for that to happen. Galladay could get good volume, and I think Juju still gets good volume. These, these are receivers I feel comfortable with, especially as either taking a chance on them as a number two receiver or just shrugging my shoulders and say, okay, these guys should be good number two wide receivers.
0: Heath, are we starting to see the last of the of a group here? Of a tier? Because I'm looking at Dave's next tier, it's Sutton, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Robbie Anderson, DJ Chark, Devontae Smith. Um, I see a ton more upside in this tier than the next one. Not mm-hmm. e- not everybody's gonna fit that description, but I-, I still see potential stars here. Um, what do you think?
2: Yeah, yes. Um I mean, I think every time we go down a tier, there is less upside and less potential stars, hopefully.
0: Right. I guess I guess I see... Okay, fine. Then I'll say this. I see more of a drop between this tier and the next one. And this tier is, again, I know it's hard for people who aren't looking. It's three Steelers wide receivers plus Thielen, Jamar Chase, Iuke, and Galladay. The following tier is Sutton, Boyd, Higgins, Robbie Anderson, Chark, and Devontae Smith. I see more of a drop-off between this tier and the next one than I do between the Godwin, Lockett, Evans, Cup, Lamb, DJ Moore tier.
2: Do you agree with that? Well, no, because I've got players from Dave's last tier in this tier, and I've got players from Dave's next tier in this tier.
0: <laughs> yeah, this does make
2: it so a I do don't, So I don't
0: at all. <laughs> all
1: right. I mean, okay, Chris? Then diagrams all over it, the place. Historically, this is where the drop-off is, though. Between, so the fourth and fifth round, 29 out of 49 receivers drafted in the fourth or fifth round over the last five years have scored 200-plus points. 29 out of 49, so right around 60%. 6th through 8th rounds, 13 out of 66 have scored 200-plus points. So this is where you start to get to the... You're looking more for like 10, 12, 13 fantasy points per game rather than uh, all right. you know, the, the really, really I was- big... I was on to something, Chris. Thank you for, <laughs> for backing me up there. And, and I think, you know, when, when you think about, like, I think this is worth thinking about with the Buccaneers, Steelers, Cowboys, Bengals. Um, maybe the best way to view them is none of them are likely to be consistent week-to-week performers. And you can use that as an argument against any of them. But I think you can also say that in these high-volume passing offenses with a lot of targets the weekly upside could be massive and you'll have to live with the up and downs. I think you can also say the same for, for Seattle with Metcalf and Lockett lower target volume overall, but only two guys. Um, You know, you can use that as an argument for or against, I know some people really hate the inconsistent big, uh, big upside weekly wide receivers, but, you know, if you're looking for like your number three or your flex wide receivers, those kind of guys who can hit in a big way on any given week, uh, that can be really, really valuable because they can, you know, be weak winners for you.
0: I know that it certainly makes sense to think the Cowboys and the Bengals and the Bucks are going to be high volume passing offense. Are we convinced that the Steelers will be?
2: They. I mean, with Ben mm. Roethlisberger under center, they have as much historical evidence
0: as anyone. Yeah, yeah. I just, just the Najee Harris thing. That's all. But yeah, I think yeah. that that could hurt. And I,
3: I, I've said this before. I think the offensive line is going to force Roethlisberger to get rid of the ball really quickly.
0: All right, Heath. So. I'm sorry, Dave. Heath, you mentioned that you have some players. You know, how do you view this tier with three Steelers, Thielen, Chase, Ayuk and Galladay? Who's in there? Like, tell me your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I've got two Cowboys, two Steelers, two Bucks. Uh, so I've got Amari Cooper, Jamar Chase, Deontay Johnson, CD Lamb, Juju Godwin, Thielen, Galladay, Evans, and I will put Robbie Anderson there too. Oh, interesting. Rob, okay,
0: group. go ahead. Make your case for Robbie Anderson.
2: I mean, this this group for me ranges from wide receiver eighteen to wide receiver twenty seven, and that. I don't when you think of it that way, it surely shouldn't seem that strange to think of a guy who finished in that range last year with the worst touchdown luck of his career being ranked in that place again this year. I I think that the Bucks are still going to throw the ball a ton. McCaffrey's gonna come back and take some targets. Panthers. Yeah. But they threw it to Mike Davis. Yeah, they threw it to Mike Davis a ton last year, too. And Terrace Marshall can just fit into the Curtis Samuel target role if he's ready for that. I don't know that there's a big reason to expect a big target decline for Anderson, and I do expect his touchdowns to bounce back. And he has the double familiarity bonus (laughs) of he played for the coach in college and played with the quarterback on the Jets.
1: Yeah, I think part of it is just how much different his role was last season and whether that's going to sustain. If he's more... If he's a 10 ADOT guy versus a 15 ADOT guy like he was the previous two seasons with the Jets, you should expect a lower touchdown rate than he had because he's going to have fewer big plays. But Um, not three on 136 targets. Sure, sure. But he had five and six on 94 and 96 when he was a big play guy. So that's that's an above average rate That's over five percent. I would guess for receivers with a 15 a dot, that's pretty, that's below average. But I, I, don't have that in front of me. Um, it's behind you. But you know, part of it is he <laughs> is familiar with Sam Darnold, the bad quarterback who's going to be starting for the Panthers, who you know kept his touchdown rate relatively low uh, in that role. So I, I think for Anderson and more, it, it just depends on whether you believe that offense can take a step forward, and really whether you believe that Dar- Sam Darnold can go from. Arguably but, the worst quarterback starting quarterback in football to 23rd. I think that would you be, think go the, a long way. Do you think the
2: offense like where we're talking about tiering and drafting DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson? I'm not sure the offense needs to take a step forward. We need it to not suck. Right. You so need so it to the not
3: question take is a step
1: back, and I think it's more likely it takes right. a step back than takes a step forward.
3: Well, I'm and that's the thing I'm not sure of, is that this offense did well. With Teddy Bridgewater last year. It got what it got. I don't know if we can say it did well with yeah. Teddy Bridgewater and without Christian McCaffrey. Now McCaffrey, hopefully fingers crossed, plays a lot more than he did last year. And Darnold's under center. Is Darnold better or worse than Teddy Bridgewater? The so Panthers far, already told you what they think. Yeah. I mean, that, that their gives career, me some Penny's optimism. Better, but, yeah. Uh, I I I gotta go after this, guys, but I think Robbie Anderson is going to be kind of like a a cheaper version of Chris Godwin in that he can be a reliable starter week in and week out. He gave you at least 15 PPR points in half of his games last year, and he's just going to be like a a nice volume receiver who does have that positive regression touchdown upside that could make him a a top 15-ish type of receiver if things go his way near the end zone.
0: Yeah, just don't know about him being reliable week in, week out. That's just never what he's done. That's that's Robbie well, Anderson it, in a it, nutshell. Last he year was, he
3: did it like better than he ever has before. Yeah, and then he so. completely
0: fell off toward the end of the year. I, I mean in his last He wasn't
3: as good as he was earlier in the his year his
0: last eleven games. He was on pace for 86 catches, 883 yards, and three touchdowns on 131 targets. The only thing that's good there is the catches. I mean he, he was that's great. That's why you're drafting him 99 or more yards. Well, that's not but that's never been Robbie Anderson. So one thing that has been Robbie Anderson throughout his career is great stretches. Followed by bad yeah. stretches. Um, that's you know consistency has not been Robbie Anderson's thing, and he was getting outplayed by Curtis Samuel last year. No. T- you know, toward the end,
1: but. it is weird to think that that offense had three top thirty wide receivers last year.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the yes. thing. We're not
2: asking Robbie Anderson to be any better than he was last year.
0: But that's a, but if you draft him there, you do want him to be better. That you want to, You want to get the guy who's top twelve or top fifteen. You don't want to draft a twenty. Oh, I took I took wide receiver twenty eight because he's going to be wide receiver twenty four. You know or what? What was he last year? Maybe I'm just being an idiot, and he was much better than no. He was he was wide receiver, twenty. Uh, what was he? He could. There's no way know. he was wide receiver forty-one. That must have been a non-PPR.
1: Twenty. He was wide receiver twenty and total scoring. Okay. Yeah,
0: so I mean probably that's probably 26. Okay. All right, uh, Dave. Twenty-nine. Dave yeah. left. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Dave, you can go now. <laughs> Dave had to go. Okay. So, I uh, you. I don't know about you. I'm still very excited taking wide receivers at this point. At this point in the draft, you know the Steelers oh, yeah. guys, Chase Galladay, you know whoever it is, still. Very yeah, excited. I think
1: my my ideal approach this year is third through seventh round. I'm getting four wide receivers, maybe not, five. Not a bad idea. All right, uh, so especially let's, in the three wide receiver league.
0: Let's go to Dave's next tier, which has Robbie Anderson in it: Cortland Sutton, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Robbie Anderson, DJ Chark, and Devonte Smith.
2: That's yeah. That's all, like it's almost exactly the same for me. I've got Boyd, Chark, Ayuk, Higgins, Brandon Cooks, and Sutton. So like the one guy we haven't got to yet is Brandon Cooks, and he is impossible yeah. to know what to do with. But I still kind of think like if you tell me I have to get through 16 games of Terod Taylor or 17 games of Terod Taylor and Davis Mills, I'm not sure if Cook Cook stays healthy, he's going to be worse than wide receiver 32.
0: I don't really get why people are so low on him. (laughs) They're going to be the worst thing, probably the worst defense in football. And he's the only good wide receiver they have. Come on. It it makes too much sense. Right? It makes too much sense.
1: Yeah. And it's not like you should necessarily assume a lower pass volume with Tyrod than they would have had with Watson because you know they never threw the ball that much. This this has not generally been a high-volume pass offense, partially, partially yeah. because their quarterback gets sacked all the time. Um, and so, yeah, I think Cooks is going to have a really, really healthy target share. I think he's going to be 25%-ish. Um, I, I think he's a good value here, regardless of what happens.
0: Well, as I look at this tier, Sutton, Boyd, Higgins, Anderson, DJ Chark, Devontae Smith, I know it's not the same for, for Chris and Heath, but what now what's the level of excitement to draft wide receivers?
1: Um I'm more excited about the next tier but that's just kind of personal taste but generally speaking I'm still relatively excited about wide receivers in this range.
2: Yeah, I think you can talk yourself into like it's not you want to talk about potential top 12 upside. It's it's not that difficult to talk yourself into top 12 upside for me at least in Higgins, Sutton, mm-hmm. Chark, or
1: Cooks. Like Those guys have all either shown it or easily have it. My my only concern with Shark is that like that could be the worst of those uh, like jumbled wide receiver cores. Like it could be similar to Tampa, where there's no real number one. Yeah, but it could be a much worse offense. And And so he he could be third or fourth
2: in targets too.
1: Like right, like there's, there's no floor. Yeah, I have him. Char- I have Shark, Chenault, and Marvin Jones, I think within like nine targets of each other in my projections.
0: Right. Quick pause here. I want to tell everybody that the Open Championship has arrived. Golf time, baby. Golf's final major is back for the first time in two years, and the First Cut crew has you covered on the links as the world's best travel to Royal Royal St. George's. Did I say that right? Join uh, Rick Gaiman, Kyle Porter, and Mark Immelman as they preview the tournament from a betting perspective and give you round-by-round updates throughout the week. Go inside the ropes on the First Cut Golf Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Schrager's usually usually my pronunciation guy, but he's not here today. Okay,
2: While well, we're talking about other sports, I wanted to congratulate Salvador Perez on his second place finishing the Home Run Derby. Awesome performance from the winner. But, uh, but Salvi was finished, really fantastic.
1: I believe he finished tied for eighth.
2: He was second. No one hit more home runs in a round than he did, except for the winner. Uh, he was the first loser. I believe the best um, the best catcher performance in the first round of a Home Run Derby ever.
1: Well, it was the course field, Heath. So I'm just, I'm, congratulations, Salvi. I am the best fantasy football uh, analyst of my high school graduating class <laughs> as well. So, okay,
0: here's round actually, seven. Uh, there's
1: no guarantee that that's true.
0: <laughs> I don't know what you guys think about this tier Brandon Cooks, Marquise Brown, Will Fuller, Jerry Judy, and Curtis Samuel. Brandon Cooks, Marquise Brown. Oh, you love this tier. Okay, Fuller, love Judy, and Curtis th- Samuel.
2: We've completely reached the point of just breaking off where there's no similarity whatsoever.
0: What do you mean? Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Uh, Chris loves this tier. Oh. I don't know if I have any of the same players in this tier.
0: Um, Did you say Antonio Brown? No, I said Marquise Brown.
2: Mm. Antonio's yeah, in the next I would next much tier. rather have Antonio Brown than Marquise Brown.
0: I think we've also reached the point where you probably don't have to worry about tiers and rankings. You take your guy. Yeah. At this point, going forward, I'm not going to take Amari Rodgers in round seven, but. <laughs> uh, Did he say Debo Samuel? No, he is in. He's two tiers back. Solid backups.
2: Yeah, I think Debo Samuel should be. I, I, I would have Devontae Smith, both the Samuels, Debo and Curtis, Antonio Brown, and Chase Claypool.
0: Oh, so you're much lower yeah. on Claypool? Yeah.
1: Yeah, same. Um, I might actually... I think I did the Steelers preview the other day. I'm, I think I'm the lowest of the four of us in my ranking of Chase Claypool. He's 43 for me. I think, Heath, he's like 38 or something for you? 38, um, yeah. Good for memory. I've got a good memory. Um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I really love Curtis Samuel. I think there are questions about how they're going to use him, but if they do use him any way similar to... The way the Panthers did last season, and I have a hard time seeing why they wouldn't because it was a really effective part of his game. Uh, I, I think he can be uh, you know, get into that number two wide receiver discussion. I, I really like Curtis Samuel.
2: You've got a type. What's that?
1: Uh you like Devo Samuel more than Brandon I do. well, I, I just I think I like those guys all more than the consensus, but I also think partially it's because to a certain extent, maybe their rushing production doesn't get factored in. It's kind of viewed as oh well, you can't, but it's like if Curtis Samuel gets an extra 25 points from the running game, which would be fewer than he had last season, I believe, that's 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 valuable in a way that doesn't necessarily get appreciated, I think. And for sure. What I am unsure about,
2: and with Woods, I feel more comfortable because sure. it's happened multiple and Tyreek, it's happened every basically every year of his career, but one. I am unsure about how my, how many years of rushing production we need from a wide receiver before we should expect rushing production from a wide receiver.
1: No, that's fair. I mean, Samuel has 130 yards in 2019, 200 in 2020, so I feel pretty confident about that. Um, and then,
0: but I but he's going to a new team, so you just don't know what they're going to do. But he is going to the same coaching staff
1: that used him in the running game two years ago and he had 84 rushing yards and two touchdowns in 2018 as well in only 13 games. And he had a much smaller role in the offense as well. So I, I do think that's pretty assured. Debo's a little harder to say. He did have eight carries in seven games last season. Like I'm I'm not expecting these guys to get like five carries a game. It's like one or two. But yeah. with Debo, like he's so good with the ball in his hands and he's such a good runner and that offense is so good at scheming it up that he might only need one. To, to score a 25-yard touchdown. Yeah, but so, it's it just, you have to start
0: him. That's the that's the problem I have with this. is You have to start him to get that production, which I know sounds obvious, but when it's very <laughs> difficult to predict a rushing touchdown, you know what I mean? It's like, I just feel like there are going to be games where he has a rushing touchdown, he was on your bench. It's, sure. it's not the kind of role that you can bank on. Right, you but you're project. drafting him as a number
1: three wide receiver
2: at best. When we when you guys played college football, Chris recruited the offensive weapons a lot
1: more <laughs> heavily, heavily than I. Oh added. yeah, um, no, but <laughs> exactly. I really like this exactly. this tier in general because I really like Will Fuller. I think he is going to be the number one wide receiver in Miami. Um, so I, I think there's just a lot of upside in this tier.
0: Okay, next group is yeah, I mean definitely see some names here that still have some serious upside: Beckham, Antonio Brown, Michael Pittman. Jalen Waddle, Marvin Jones, T.Y. Hilton, Jarvis Landry, and Laviska Chenault. Two Jaguars, two Colts, plus Beckham, Antonio Brown, Jalen Waddle, and Land- oh, and two, and two Browns, I guess. Two Browns, two Colts, two Jaguars, plus Antonio Brown and Waddle. Is that how, is that how it's broken down? Yeah. How about that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think this is where you stop feeling good about any of these guys as as your as a starter. As a starter, right? I think right. this is where. You know, you're drafting like your fifth wide receiver, hopefully from this group. And there's a mixture of upside and security here. Um, It's just a lot of questions about roles. I think that's the biggest thing with this tier is that we don't know where Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chennault are going to fall in the hierarchy. I think either of them could be the number one wide receiver for the Jaguars. We don't know, uh, you know, Antonio Brown, he could be, it wouldn't shock me if he was the number one wide receiver for the Buccaneers, Hilton or Pittman, it wouldn't shock me. Waddle, you know, we just don't know. I'm I'm a little lower on him than consensus because I think he's going to be a smaller part of the offense. But if he was the number one wide receiver for Miami, wouldn't be surprising at all. Okay. And then
0: after that, it's Debo. It's the next group. Solid backups. This was high-end backups. Mm-hmm. This is now solid backups. Debo Samuel, Gallup, Darnell Mooney, Park, Devontae Parker, Rager, Russell Gage, Paris Campbell, PPR only. Mike I don't know, PPR specifically here. I don't know about only Mike Williams, John Brown. Heath is there a lot less upside in this group than there was in the other? I mean, what, what separates this group of Debo, Gallup, Mooney, Devontae Parker, Rager, Russell Gage, Paris Campbell, Mike Williams, John Brown from the previous group of Beckham, Antonio Brown, Pittman Waddle, Marvin Jones, Hilton, Landry, Chennault? Personal preference is what separates them,
2: really. Okay. I mean, I like I like I was saying earlier, w- I would I would much prefer Debo Samuel to any of the other names you just said. Um, I'd prefer Debo Samuel to Chase Claypool. And I think it's reasonable to be on either side of that. But I that the ones that I have a hard time getting excited about in this range, John Brown and especially Paris Campbell. Um, and maybe that's just yeah. because... Like, I just don't, I'm, I'm going to have to see it first after two years of not being able to stay healthy or, or playing, yeah. but I don't think it's going to be a particularly good pass offense anyway. And it seems, it appears the best case scenario is he's the third option in the passing game.
1: I, I believe, just for some context, I believe Debo Samuel is wide receiver 48 for Dave. I think that's the point we're at. So these, this is clearly wide receiver four, wide, wide receiver five range. So you're talking bench players, even in your, three wide receiver leagues. Um, And I I think there's, there's upside with all of them. Um, Like Heath, I think Paris Campbell's probably the hardest to see it with. And John Brown, I mean, we saw it with Nelson Aguilar. I do think John Brown's a better player than Nelson Aguilar, but I don't think what Nelson Aguilar did was sustainable last season. Um, My favorite in this group might be Mike Williams. Well, Debo Samuel, but then Mike Williams, I'm starting to really talk myself into Mike Williams. Um, I That's don't think he's poorly. actually going... To, what's that? <laughs> That's never gone poorly. <laughs> no, no. Well, the thing, weird thing though. is he's been one of those guys who has showed the ability to be a red zone monster. He showed the ability to be a, a high yardage, big play guy. And he just hasn't done them in the same season. Right. Um, I don't think they're actually going to use him as Michael as the Michael Thomas of this offense, despite the uh, the quotes from Lombardi, but I think he's super talented. I think this could be a really good offense. I think this is a situation where you can get a really cheap piece of what should be a very good offense, with a guy who's clearly the number two non-running back receiver and could just be the number two option in the passing game.
2: Yeah, i I think, I think he's likely to be number three, but I think he'll. I think the tight end targets probably go down. I also think this is a good place to start talking about guys like Terrace Marshall, Nicole Hardman. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry Ruggs, Rondale Moore. Elijah like Moore. Elijah Moore. And from what Adam's extensive research research showed us, like you get to this range, you're in the double-digit rounds, you should only be drafting rookies. <laughs> you should just draft all of the rookie wide receivers because we don't ever get good wide receivers after round 10 except for rookies.
0: Is that what my research showed? That's what it showed. I mean, you should probably probably just be drafting quarterbacks at this point anyway. But yeah, if there were a year to just take shots on rookie wide receivers it might be this one we thought it was a good rookie wide receiver class and uh, you, you didn't even mention Amari Rogers. but I I'm I would A. Brown yeah I could take him too I just took Amari Rogers in the Scott Fish Bowl baby so yeah the rookies will come off the board at this point too alright it's a fun position it's a loaded position check out FFT in 5 uh, we're going to talk about wide receivers there as well maybe some things that we missed on this show even though this was an hour and ten minutes Thanks to Dave, to Heath and Chris, I'm Adam, and we will talk to you tomorrow with tight end tiers on Fantasy Football Today.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.